Welcome to the JCAR Report Podcast, brought to you by the esteemed Johnston County Association of Realtors. Whether you're an aspiring agent, seasoned professional, or simply intrigued by the dynamic world of real estate, this podcast is your ultimate gateway to the industry's latest trends, expert insights, and insider knowledge. Join us as we unlock the secrets to success, explore market dynamics, share inspiring stories, and provide invaluable tips to help you navigate the ever-evolving real estate landscape. Get ready to embark on a journey of discovery as we empower you with the tools and strategies to thrive in the competitive realm of property transactions. Tune in, stay informed, and elevate your real estate game with the JCAR Report. Today, we are joined by Commissioner April Stevens to talk about how successful people find the time. April Stevens has always had an urge to serve. Her life's passion is driven by serving her community, her team, and her clients. She and her husband, Brian Stevens, have a daughter in college, and throughout her career, she has found a way to juggle being a mom, a wife, and a realtor, all while finding new ways to help her community. She was determined to find a way to do it all. Please join us in welcoming April Stevens as we discuss how successful people find the time. All right, April, thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely. I'm honored to be here. Wonderful. Thank you. So let's just start off. Tell us a little bit about yourself outside of the intro and what's going on with you these days. Oh, what's not going on these days? I was just going to say, or what's not going on. (laughs) So the market, as you know, is really moving into a healthy place, which is good. It also becomes more time consuming, which I think is natural. You know, being in the business 16 years, it's not uncommon for houses to sit on the market 60 days. But telling the public that is like telling them your baby's ugly. So <laughs> we're having to make them understand this is normal. Don't panic. Don't freak out. And so, you know, it just it takes a little bit more time and effort with your clients, which is good. I mean, these are relationship-based transactions. So we should be spending that time Absolutely. talking with them, walking with them. You know, I feel like so many years because the market was so crazy, it became very transactional. Anyway, it's, it's been a little bit more time consuming, but I'm, I'm here for it because it makes it more relationship based. And then county commissioner wise, man, we're doing all the things. We just passed our capital improvements plan. So really excited about moving the infrastructure of Johnston County forward and working on our comprehensive land use plan, which we're hoping to adopt actually this month and really implementing that. The, the commissioner and I are very clear on the fact that we don't want this to be sitting on a shelf from here on out. We want to make positive change in Johnston County. The county is going to move forward. We just need to make sure it's done very well thought out. Yeah, I'm wonderful. So tell me, what does the average day look like for Commissioner Stephen? No, no two days are the same, that's yeah. for sure. It's so funny when in the real estate world, I preach about my routine. I get up at this time and I do this and then I do this and then I do this. And if you're in real estate, you know, as soon as you wake up, something is happening that you have to address. And it's pretty much the same with the commissioner world. You know, I wake up every day to emails. Um, it may be about dumpster stickers. It may be about <laughs> trash. It might be about a pothole. It might be about a major DSS issue. So there's always something to jump on and address, for lack of a better word. So I try to stick to my routine as much as I can, but then also carve out time to make sure I have dedicated time to respond back to a lot of these emails and requests and issues. Yeah, absolutely. So. That kind of brings us to what this whole podcast is about today. So you're busy, to say the least. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. You have a couple things on your to-do list. So the point of today's podcast is to talk about how successful people are able to find the time. So when you start prioritizing, how do, what does that look like? How do you prioritize all the things you have to do, including, you know, you have family and everything like that? How do you 
put what's most important, you know, one to 10? How do you make that happen? Family is always first. Absolutely. And there's this new movement and I I really like it because I felt like for so many years, I could never get a grasp on work-life balance. And and I preach that with my team and with several agents I talk to. And it's it's a work-life balance is a farce. Now it's work-life integration. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have to look back when Abby was younger. She never rode the bus. I always dropped her off and picked her up from school. And when we got home, she would do homework, art starts up her, but I would also have my computer up and I would continue working. Yeah. So I never missed a, a thing at school, never missed a field trip. But there were times she knew mom's working on the weekends. Mom's got to go to appointments. Sometimes she would go with me. And so I think everybody needs to really start to adopt work-life integration instead of chasing work-life balance. At some point in time, I'm just going to turn it off. Because if you turn it off, something is going to fall through the cracks. And then you're just going to have to go back and find those things that fell through the cracks and pick up the pieces. So I think that's the first thing is to just realize that you can be all things to everyone. You just sometimes you have to put them together. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, and I'm kind of getting off task, but that's how the commissioner thing worked in. I found out I was already doing a lot of these things and going to these things because I was passionate about it. So they just went hand in hand together. Yeah. But the biggest thing priority wise, I know I'm the biggest offender of checking my email all day long. I'm obsessed with my email. I'm constantly what's coming in next. And that's one of the biggest things that I have to overcome because Mm -hmm. you find yourself going down a rabbit hole and then you never really get anything accomplished. So I've gotten much better about time blocking as far as I'm going to work on this project and I'm not going to stop until I'm finished because I'm also a very task oriented person. And then I'm going to spend 15 minutes checking my email and then delegating. Delegating is the third biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I do have control issues. I will admit that. I feel like if I do it, it'll get done better and faster. And I realized several years ago, that's not always the case. Yes. I was the poster child for waiting way too long to hire an assistant or a transaction coordinator. And anybody out there listening, they are worth their money tenfold, especially if you find the right mm-hmm. one. And they're the way that you can actually be in two places at one time Absolutely. by having some people in place that can be you when you're not there, or at least get things taken care of until you have time to take care of. Them. So that's one of the biggest ways. And I know, like I said, it's not, I mean, I guess it is a priority to make sure you prioritize setting yourself up to where you can hire somebody, even if it's a virtual assistant or part-time in the beginning, just to handle the things that are non-income producing and non-important tasks. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've known some realtors who have actually gotten interns for that are doing their senior project. I mean, there's ways to go around if they're concerned that they can't afford it. I mean, just simple tasks that you don't think about that may not be so in-depth and you need somebody who has that knowledge, but somebody who can just print out packets for you or things that are really time consuming and you don't think about how much time it actually takes and how much time you could save. So I've actually had an intern every year for the past four summers. Yeah. And two of them went on to get their real estate licenses. I'm both very successful. That's excellent. Awesome. We had an intern that was with JCAR and worked with a realtor prior and he came on and oh my goodness, he was such a help and he wants to go into politics. Mm. And so he wants to get his real estate license so he can understand. And I was like, I mean, you are so ahead of the curve already. So I'm excited to see what he does in his future. And it was great to have him and he was there to, I mean, he was so willing to work and learn and understand. And so it was really just a great combination to have or a great relationship to have. So now do you manage your own schedule or do you have someone help you with that? Again, going back to the control issues, Mm -hmm. I tend to manage my own schedule. However, my CEO, I have a 
I love all things Google. So I have a, a shared calendar. So my team at any time knows where I'm at. My husband knows where I'm at. So if he's trying to plan something, he knows whether or not I've already got something going on. And then my COO is the same. She can book appointments for me because she knows what I have going on. So I think, you know, just being very transparent, A, for safety purposes, people mm-hmm. know where you are all the time. Absolutely. And B, it helps that conversation of she's going to call me and ask if I'm available and what are we available for? And then you spend 10 minutes trying to figure out if I'm available where she just looks at my calendar and goes, she's available and put somebody on my calendar mm-hmm. and, and we go from there. Yeah. And the commissioner side of that, we do have an amazing clerk and deputy clerk that help with our scheduling with the calendar invites and things oh, that's and great. helping us prioritize the things that we are going to be at and need to be at. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find with those two, do you ever have an issue with them intermingling or are you okay? Do they work out? They schedule? Most of the time, again, with my team, it's a little bit more instant. Like they're looking at my calendar. They know if I see something, I'll let them know if I can't do it. But the commissioner said they always send me a list of this is what's coming up. What are you yeah. available for? And then yeah. send me a calendar. So you can pre-plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. So you mentioned Google, but what other tools do you use to help keep on track you know, and just stay organized. My mini iPad is like my little mini brain. And I, I base the size of purse I buy as to whether or not my iPad will fit in it. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but it's amazing when you get somewhere in your 10 minutes early. If I can just pop up my iPad, I've got a little keyboard. So it's like having my laptop with me everywhere, mm-hmm. but not as intrusive. So that I feel like I'm constantly staying ahead of things. Yeah. And then let's say Google everything. Google Drive mm-hmm. is, in my opinion, one of the best inventions. I know some people are Google, some people are Microsoft, some people are Dropbox, but the Google integrates so well. That was a huge thing for my business. Just being able everywhere I went, my files were with me on my mm-hmm. phone, on my computer. Even if I didn't have my computer, I could grab it from yes. somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So that, like I said, I run my entire business on Google Sheets, Google Drive, Google Docs. Yeah, I use Google Docs as my brain. As soon as I have kind of like a brain dump or an idea, I just start a Google Doc. My brain works like an organizational chart. Mm-hmm. So I have one thought, and then I have like little drop down boxes yeah. below yeah. it. And depending on what it is, so for instance, I've got one going right now for a real estate school. So as soon as I start this brain dump, I go ahead and share the doc with my instructor that helps me run the real estate school. And it's a working document and we're continuously adding to it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Justin, who helps me manage my campaign and my commissioner stuff. We always have a running document, what we're working on, where things are. Mm-hmm. So again, I like to be task oriented. We can just kind of check off the boxes. Yeah. And that too, correct me if I'm wrong, but can't you on Google Docs, they can comment. So if they have a question, instead of like going into the document, they can just put it on the side as a little pop up of... Yeah, it's definitely great. And also for those, like you said, for those who are more Microsoft, I mean, Google Docs is, it's basically a Microsoft Word. It's, yes. It is, you know, other than the fact that you can share it with other people. And it, so for those who are, who are, oh, I can't use Google, I'm, I'm not tech savvy. You don't have to be tech savvy to use it. Google is the easiest thing in the world mm-hmm. to use, to be honest. Mm-hmm. They just word, reworded it. You know, the Google Sheets Excel, I mean, but it's all the same thing. Well, and I just found when I was using just a plain old notebook, I still have a notebook, don't get me wrong, but when I was doing that, one page would be for one thing and one page would be for the next. And then I'd have to go back and say, did I actually do that? You know, that's kind of how I run my to-do list Mm -hmm. is on a Google Doc so I can see it as in its lab and then I can share it with whoever working on it with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes you're in a moment and something hits you. I'm already planning my mid-year team retreat. I had an idea the other day and I immediately shared it with COO and just started added to it. And then she added her thoughts and we didn't have to have a meeting about it. We didn't have to have a phone call. We'll set up a meeting as it gets a little bit closer to really nail things down. But now we're kind of sharing a brain just on a piece of paper that we can access at any time. Yeah, it's great. Fantastic. That's a good one. Are there any other tools that you use that help you stay organized and 
No, I think Google really runs my life, to be honest. <laughs> I live for my calendar. I do have a paper calendar. I have to see everything at a glance. So yeah. I kind of sit down and try to plan on a paper calendar. That's pretty much it. Just having all those different resources I can jump on between the spreadsheets and yeah. everything else. Because it really, it just has everything all it in does. one. So that's awesome. So what is your, when, one thing that I have always said is with you, it is very obvious and would be very noticeable that you're so busy and there's so much going on with you and all these exciting new adventures. But the one thing that I've always said is I can guarantee you if I call April, 85% sure that she's going to answer the phone call. And sometimes I'm like, how do you do it? Where, how do you find, I mean, because you talk about your priorities, you know, prioritizing everything. I would like to say that Jay Carr's up there, but I'm going to pretty much guarantee it's not super high up there because there's so many other things going on in your life. So how are you able to have all of these things going on and still find time to pick up my phone call? <laughs> Jaycar is a very big priority. Even if I can't be completely <laughs> present, I try to be behind the scenes on me as much as possible. Okay. It actually did bring me back to another piece of technology I'm using. I use uh, Ring Ruby as a phone system. So again, going back to delegating, what I realized so many times my phone would ring it was somebody calling off the sign. I'm not the best person to get those calls. It needs to go to my team. So I was mm -hmm. able, between Grasshopper and Ring Ruby, I route those calls based on what their needs are. If somebody doesn't answer, what I found, I used to have a press one. If you're calling for this, press two. Everybody knows how aggravating that is. Mm -hmm. And I wanted a, people to talk to a real life person. Mm -hmm. So I essentially have an answering service now that if one of my teammates does not answer to be that live person, they're live person. They ask them a few questions. So it's helped to cut down on the phone calls solicitations. They ask a lot of kind of screening questions. And then if it's something on one of the listings that one of my agents has listed, they know to just send it straight to them and not to me. So I've been able to cut out a lot of the noise, for yeah. lack of a better word, yeah. of things that I don't need to touch and have mm -hmm. to touch so that I mainly focus on talking to you and my constituents mm -hmm. and my teammate and things like that. So several years ago, and I know this is not uncommon in real estate, I took my cell phone number off of everything and I got a vanity number so mm -hmm. that I have ways to screen Yeah, who is somebody calling saying, how much is this house on the corner versus somebody calling and saying, you know, can you help me with a major issue that I have going Absolutely. on or other mm -hmm. agents? Mm -hmm. So that's been a big way that I can prioritize who I talk to mm -hmm. so that. I'm delegating who's talking to the people that it doesn't necessarily need to be me that they get to. Yeah, absolutely. And so again, what is that? It's Ruby ring, Ruby ring, Ruby. Mm -hmm. I will put that in the comments. Cause I think that is a great tool that a lot of people probably aren't aware of, but it would be very, very helpful. So I use it with grasshopper. Sorry, I use it with okay. grasshopper and ring Ruby. It's a, a two part. You can, they actually have like a package now that you can use and grasshopper is a way that you can, route different phone numbers. That's great. Awesome. All right. So when you look at your team and, and not just your real estate team, but your team and life, your family, your friends, your colleagues, your actual April Stevens team, what benefit do they all bring to you? And, and how have you learned to finally give them the ability to help task and do everything and help you out with everything going on? I love that you phrase this question like this because to me, my team does look like family and friends. Yeah. I mean, we're a very close knit team, I would say, and I treat them like family. I spend, you know, almost as much time with them sometimes as I do my own family. And mm -hmm. I found that throughout the years. So the biggest thing I had to come to grips with is they're better at doing this than I am most days mm -hmm. because I do wear so many hats. I know that I'm not 
necessarily the best person to be running five buyers around in one day. And we do a lot of training. We, we focus a lot on training. And this is how I say things and role playing and, and all of this. And their success is my success. And so I just kind of had to switch in my brain that, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, as a leader, your number one job is to breed more leaders. Yeah. And I look at them all as leaders of their families, of their, their own businesses. And so releasing those reins, I saw them thrive and I saw our business thrive because I quit trying to do it all myself. Yeah. You just can't. There's no way possible. I actually just had one of my teammates help me with a listing that I had a really hard time with because I know them very closely and they're personal friends and past clients. And I thought, but I'm leaving next week to go on a trip and I've got this going on. And I want them to be so, my coach actually helped me. She said, my business coach, she said, if, if they're perfect, what does a perfect April Stevens package look like to one of your clients? Mm-hmm. And I said, they're talked to every other day. They are completely updated and somebody is reaching out to them and I'm touching base with them, but so is somebody else and has their hand in everything. And then at the end, we're all just happy and high-fiving mm-hmm. and everything went perfect. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I realized I can't be that person to mm-hmm. everybody that we work mm-hmm. with. So that's when, I mean, I literally call those clients and I said, I'm going to be honest, I feel like I'm doing you a disservice if I try to take this all on myself. Mm-hmm. I have an amazing team and amazing staff for a reason. And they're like, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. Enjoy your trip next week. Yeah. All of a sudden it was, I was so much more worried about it than they were, yeah. that it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. But when I really sat back and looked at it, I was like, they're going to get better service from this person mm-hmm. that I have trained and know is going to do a good job and our staff's going to take care of them. You just got to take the ego out of it. Yeah. And you just have to communicate the, you know, this exactly what's going to happen so they understand. But going back to that also, too, is one of the best qualities of a leader is to be able to understand and know their own weaknesses so they can surround themselves with those strengths to create the best team. So it looks like you've obviously succeeded in that as well. So how often do you put too much on your plate though. I mean, I think you kind of live in that bubble, but you're still so able to organize it and work through it. My CEO will tell you all the time. Every time she'll see an email of an opportunity, she looks at me, she's like, you're not adding one more thing. You're not joining <laughs> Don't one more do board. it. <laughs> you're not putting one more thing on your plate. And so she's kind of helping keep me grounded. And I've had to take a step back, just take care of my dad for the past couple of years. And so it, I was kind of forced to realize there's only so much I can do. I'm just passionate about so many things. It's so easy to put so too much on my plate. Mm-hmm. But what I've realized is there's a season and a reason for everything. So yeah. I can't be all things to everyone. So winter times I can jump in now when it's needed. And then winter times where I can put this on my list three years from now. Yeah. So I was set up to be the Home Builder Association president next year. But then when I got elected to county commissioner, obviously I realized one of these hats is mm-hmm. me. I knew that I could not be everything to the Home Builder Association if I was also trying to be everything to my team and the county commissioners and my family and somebody else is better served in that role. So again, taking the ego out of it and going, Mm -hmm. I want to be involved, but maybe I can be involved this much. So just like what you've seen on some of the task forces you and I are both on, Mm -hmm. there are some things that I can show up for all day, every day. There's some things I'm going to ask, can you put me on speakerphone? I can't Mm -hmm. drive 30 minutes there to sit in a 30 minute meeting, but I can be present on speakerphone. Yeah. So just kind of having luckily COVID made things to where we don't have, always have to sit face to face to accomplish things. So being just more thoughtful about how can I be more efficient when I do want to get involved with these things and prioritizing when the timing is right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just came off serving on Chamber of Commerce board. 
right now is not the time for me to get on another one. Am I going to help on a task force to help with events and other things? Absolutely. But you just kind of have to prioritize how much time do I actually have to pour into this and reason with yourself. Could somebody else be a, more, a better advocate than I can due to time restriction? Yeah. And I think that's a great point is, as, as exciting as it is. I, I love that you say, I'll put it on my list for three years from now, because that doesn't mean you're not going to do it. And that's not a no. It's just right now is not the best time. Mm-hmm. I love that. So do you think that if obviously there's so much more that goes into your success and, you know, the motivation, the knowledge, and I love how you say your team is very, you're always learning, you're always educating and staying up on that because I cannot reiterate enough how important that is for all realtors to know that you can't just take, you know, your annual CE requirements and expect to understand what's going on in this industry. It's just not how it works. And to be blunt, you're doing a disservice to your clients because there's so much going on and there's so much knowledge out there. And I just love that that you have school that you put together and just the realization and the you're steadfast about staying on top of educating your team. And it's probably one of the main reasons why your team is one of the best out there. You know, if you hadn't figured out how to, outside of the education and the ambition, finding the time, what this whole podcast is about is finding that time. Do you think you would be as successful as you are today? Definitely not. I mean, I feel like you also have to make time. You have to make time to be successful. I don't mean to call anybody out, but when I get a voice, when I call a realtor and their voicemail says, if I'm receiving this call after 6 p.m., this will be returned the next business day. I respect boundaries. But you just told me that I'm not as important as I should be, in my opinion. And and I get it. I get the boundaries, but you don't have to tell people. You can just say, you could just not answer the phone Mm -hmm. and call them back the next day or send them a text. I'm not available this evening. Mm -hmm. I made the time, whether it was, I hate to date myself. I tell people I'm fax machine old in real estate, (laughs) in real estate years. But when Abby would go to bed, I would stay up. There used to be this blog called Active Rain. And it was nothing but real estate agents writing blogs about how they run their business. And I just constantly poured into myself to figure out how to do things better. And you have to make time to do that. And and just like you said, eight hours of CE every year is nowhere near what it needs Mm -hmm. to be. I'm very appalled sometimes at the agents that we're working with on the other side of the deal. And you can tell. Luckily, there's not as many in, as in Johnston County, but I see it in some of the other neighboring counties that we work in where they, they go, they wait their two years, they go get their big license, they run their own firm, and they are completely clueless on how things are being done today. And I'll be honest, I mean, I think we learned a lot last year. I felt like every month I had or every week I had my team meeting, every month was a different theme because I'm and, and we caught a pivot. I was like, OK, this month we're doing this. This month there's no incentives. Mm-hmm. Next month there's. 10,000 incentives. This month, nobody wants to pay a buyer's agent. Next month, everybody wants to give them a $5,000 buyer agent bonus. <laughs> you know, I felt like we were constantly pivoting. I don't like the word shift because it's got a negative connotation. Yeah. I like the word pivot because it literally every month something new was was happening in the market. Mm-hmm. And I told my agents, I said, you can't be stagnant. You can't. You have to continuously figure this out. And going just going to one team meeting a week is not going to help you figure mm-hmm. it out. You've got to be very engaged in what's going on. And so I think, again, I went down a rabbit hole, but no, you've got to, I don't even know that it's fine. The time you have to create the time. We yeah. all have the same 24 hours a day, mm-hmm. seven days a week, but you have to be very intentional about making time to better yourself. I challenge my team to read, you know, motivational business books. 
I, I do myself and I set a goal at the beginning of the year. I have a goal of reading at least one business book a month and I literally go ahead and notate which books those are going to be. I may change it at some point in time. I may, something may come out that I'm like, oh, I really want to read that. I'll just replace it or add to it. But mm-hmm. if you're not intentional about making that happen, then you're not going to reap the benefit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And too, you know, for those who, who aren't readers, there's podcasts. I mean, there's so many. I think that I would have to say outside of just because when I came into this industry, I was not in real estate. I had no idea about other than my own personal experiences. I had no idea. And so podcasts, I think, saved me because I could... Just listening to them, I could, it was picking up so much information. I could do it when I was driving. And I was like, when I was getting ready in the morning, I was a constant podcast on real estate so I could learn because I wanted to be able to be present and a part of this industry while I was working in it. So there's many different avenues people can take to make that time. But I love how you said that you have to prioritize and make that time. It's not just going through, you can't just say, oh, I'm busy, reprioritize, reschedule, figure out if that's the route they want to go. You know, they may be very comfortable with where they're at, but if they are looking for that ultimate success, they have to make the time. You know, a lot of people are like, I'm not a reader. Same thing. There's Audible, there's podcasts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would tell people, or people say, I don't have time to sit down and read a book. Nobody has time to sit down and read a book front cover nine times out of 10, but you can set 10 minutes aside every Mm -hmm. morning to get yourself just a little bit further. And then there's so many other apps like Headway, things like that, where they're pretty much like cliff notes for books. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. just going to give you the short version if you're not engaged in reading the whole book. Yeah. Here's what you really needed to know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Now, on the going to the uh, JCAR part of it, you have always been very active. You were president of the association at one point. You've been very active in committees and everything like that. How did you find the time to be a part and active in JCAR, number one? And also, how has that helped you throughout your career? I can't say enough how much JCAR helped me. So when I got started, I was working for a custom home builder who was also a broker. So when I tell you, I literally had to figure everything out myself. Mm-hmm. He had never really done residential real estate. So if I had a question, I had to call the association or I had to call the real estate commission. And when I first joined, I was a part of a different association because I didn't know about JCAR. And then I'll ever get my first JCAR meeting. I sat down at a table. I didn't know a soul and everybody wanted to meet me. I was nobody, absolutely nobody. And everyone was like, Hey, how are you? Who are you with? And I had to go through this whole explanation mm-hmm. because it wasn't like a Remax or H or regular brokerage. I was like, well, I work for this builder and the building company is this. We're also a real estate company. Anyway, so but I loved how welcoming everyone was. And I started to realize, oh, this is that person I saw in that sign. This is the person that lists mm-hmm. this neighborhood. This is, And I started kind of putting two and two together. And I immediately got involved. I was at first just on a committee. And then I became the secretary. And then, like you said, worked my way up to becoming president. And it was just so amazing to grow with and work alongside the people that I was actually working out in the field with. Yeah. And it just created this automatic connection. Mm-hmm. And I see it so much, especially working with a lot more new agents now, you know, when, when they have a showing or somebody leaves feedback or they have an inspection report, they're like, I don't know what to do. I mean, the first thing I say is, who is it? Okay, well, we know them. So we're going to call them. Mm-hmm. Where it's, it gives you that connection to feel like we're not adversaries. We mm-hmm. work together. We are in yeah. JCAR together. Mm-hmm. I learned so much. I mean, I made it a priority in the beginning. I mean, I, it's still a priority to me, which is why I think RPAC is so important. Don't get me going down that road. But <laughs> That's for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even because I'm in politics. I've moved that before I was in politics. But now that I'm here and see how it really is. Yeah. But, but just the networking. You know, I grew my business through networking. And People don't think that you get business from other agents, but you do. You become a resource for, you know, not everybody works in the exact same areas we do, even though we're in the same county. 
and and they just became a resource. I felt like I could call on somebody on a neighborhood and say, "Hey, why did you do this?" And again, it was it was very collaborative. It wasn't adversarial. It was very welcoming. Whereas I think in some of the larger organizations, that personal piece gets missing. Mm-hmm. And then JPAR is still very, very, very personal. You go, you see the faces, you see new faces, old faces reach out to new faces. It's like like church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, one of those things, and, and we talk about it every year at Strategic Planning, is that we are a community and we want to continue to be that community because you know, Jennifer, last year's president, 2022 and or 2021 and 2022 president, Jennifer Franklin Roche, she always said, you have to network and build that community because it makes the other side of that transaction so much easier. And they're not always going to be easy. It doesn't guarantee that it's going to be easy. But like you said, how much better is it that you can call that person? They know you, you know them, and you can have a conversation as opposed to the business. It's just Mm -hmm. business. It's more now that we can talk and work it out and figure it out. Well, and that's how at the end of the day, we do the best for our clients is by working together, collaborative over combative. And not only that, but you feel plugged in, you feel plugged into your career, you feel Mm -hmm. plugged into the community. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't say that enough. As soon as an agent comes to me, that's the first thing I say is you're going to get plugged into an association, you're going to get plugged into a chamber, Mm -hmm. you need to know the people that you are working with and around Mm -hmm. so that you do feel a part of it. Because real estate can be one of the loneliest jobs out yes. there. Yeah. To say it. Every time we do our job, we put ourselves out of business. We got to go create more business. And then you're working with all these people and every transaction's different. You never know what to expect. It's great to have this this family or, or like you said, community to lean on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. But it is also, you want to use the association or the chamber to get you out into the community because real estate has so many different avenues and facets to it in order to understand it all and really for the benefit of your client to make sure that you are giving your client providing them the best service you want to be able to understand I mean it is a political industry it really is there's a lot that goes behind that and you know again we go back to the educational part it changes every single day And there was a study done a few years ago where the average real estate agent, Realtor, does 48 transactions in one sale, So, which means that they reach out 48 different people or things, 48 different things happen that most industries would only have one. There's 48. And so build that community, work with our affiliates under, know them, build that trust with them so that you know that you are providing again, the best service for your client. So I think it's great that you're still, you know, even with all the success, you're still so heavily involved in the association. And there's so many things too, that we can't do it without all of you helping us, you know, volunteering for those committees, bringing in those new ideas and and keeping things rolling towards the innovation aspect of it. So uh, final thoughts, if a brand new agent came up to you today and said, what do I do? What would you tell them? Get involved every way that you can. Look for every opportunity that you can. Mm-hmm. You know, this business is no longer a sitting at the desk and waiting for somebody to call phone duty. Mm-hmm. We are no longer in the, that world. So that's one of the first thing a new agent. That's how I get leads. You create them. I created my own business. So the first thing I did, I joined the Association of Realtors. I joined the Home Builder Association and I joined a chamber and I joined Civitan and I got involved everywhere that I could. If there was something going on at my daughter's school, I showed a donut to the business card. I sponsored every, you know, soccer team. 
anything and everything that I could. And then I worked a ton of open houses. I know everybody rolls their eyes when you say open houses, but that's exactly how I grew my business because I constantly put myself out there. And you got to realize that this business is a law of averages and you have to dig every day. There's no, I mean, I'm not saying you can't take a day off, but there's no real days off. You have to dig every day and find a way to create business. So that's the biggest thing that I tell a new agent is, Get involved and find ways to create opportunities every way that you can with things that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. That's great. I love it. Well, listen, April, it has been wonderful. It's always great to see you, but it was really nice to have this conversation with you. And uh, it, you really have just you know, brought a lot of information to the table. And, and we greatly appreciate you. And thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us on the JCAR Report, your go-to podcast for all things real estate. We hope you found our discussion insightful and valuable in your real estate endeavors. Remember, knowledge is power in the world of property. Stay informed, stay curious, and never stop exploring the ever-evolving landscape of real estate. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the JCAR Report and never miss an update. And don't forget to leave us a review or share a podcast with others who might find it helpful. As always, stay connected with us on social media where we share additional tips, insights, and behind-the-scenes content. And if you have any questions or suggestions for future topics, we'd love to hear them from you. Thank you for being a part of the JCAR Report community. Until next time, and remember, the world of real estate is full of opportunities, and we're here to help you seize them.